Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 38. I really hope you checked out last week's episode with Jason Sautel. He wrote the book, The Rescuer, and he has an awesome story about how God rescued him. And he also has an amazing Facebook group called Jesus is All We Need. It has close to a million members, so make sure you check that out as well. In an effort to continue to grow in discernment together, I do want to point you to my Facebook group called the Everyday Discernment Podcast Community. In that group, I do give everyone a behind-the-scenes access to when I complete an interview, when I schedule a new interview that might be two months down the road, so you kind of get a behind-the-scenes preview to what is coming up on this podcast. And I would also encourage you to email me at discerningdad at outlook.com. I would love to start a segment on this podcast where I read a question and then maybe take five minutes at the end of these episodes to answer it. So if I get enough questions in, I could start doing that. Any questions you have on growing in discernment or just questions in general. For today's episode, I have Larry Hagner on the show. He's a father. He has a podcast and he is an author. He helps dads grow in their walk with Christ. And even though this episode is more geared towards dads, this podcast is not exclusive to dads. So if you are a woman listening, there is wisdom for you in this episode. And I would definitely encourage you to send this to the men in your life as they will be encouraged by it as well. Here we go. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. My guest today is Larry Hagner. He's a husband and father of four boys. He's a blogger, author, and podcaster. He wrote the book, The Dad's Edge, and is the founder of The Good Dad Project. Larry, welcome to the show. Tim, what's going on, man? I'm honored to be here, buddy. Yeah. Let's do it. Awesome to have you here. Tell us more about yourself. Anything you want to share personal and in, in the ministry involved in? Oh, boy. Uh you know, I've been I've been in the dad space now for eight years. I've uh, been you know I'm the proud father of four boys. Uh, as we stand right now, as we share at 14, 12, 7, and four. Uh, if you ever want to know what it's like to have four boys, just imagine a drunk fraternity party that you never leave when you're in college. That is my home. <laughs> awesome. um, my wife and I have been married for 17 years. I've known her for 24 years, uh, and what I can tell you is I love that woman more now than ever before. We have probably the best every year we're married. Our marriage only gets better, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's only because, you know, we, we put the work in, you know, we're open to learning new skills. You know, yeah. We don't just let it happen. Right. Uh, the other thing too is, yeah, you know, I, I've been podcasting for five years, over 600 episodes recorded. What I always say is uh, I'm no guru. I've learned a thing or two, that's for sure, but I, I am no guru. I am no licensed marriage family therapist, no dad expert. But what I can tell you is I've definitely learned a thing or two. The podcast for the past you know, five, almost six years has been a front row seat to the most invaluable education I could have ever asked for. Mm. And the last thing I'll, I'll say is that when it comes to being a husband and a father, there really is no training ground out there. You know, society has really, and the world has kind of set us up for, hey, it's the best time of your whole life. Don't worry, you'll figure it out, which mm -hmm. is crazy to me, right? Yeah, and I don't mean yeah. to go on a soapbox right away, but I'll, I'll say this yeah. is that we don't, we don't do like, so for instance, this is a faith-based podcast, right? Yeah. You know, the Bible was written for a reason. The Bible is your training manual. The Bible is the map, Right. And God didn't sit there and pat us on the back and say, don't worry, you'll figure it out. You'll be good. You know, you'll, you'll get to know me just fine. No, <laughs> he, there is a book, the how to on how to create an epic relationship with God. And when it comes to being a man and father, husband, when, it, you know, that's, that's a difficult thing to find. There are resources out there, but if you look at your career and anything you do in life, uh, there's training, you know, there's mentors, there's coaches, there's, there's, a foundation to set you up for success. Yet in our world, you should 
you know, the view is, is you should know how to do this naturally because, well, you had parents, so you know how to be a parent. Yeah. You, right. you saw, you saw your, your mom and dad were married. So you, you obviously know how to have, you, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. I, I felt the same way with my first child is, you know, I had a, I had great parents. Right. And, but at the same time, when that moment hits you, when you see your child being born and for me, it was when he was just on that table and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, even if, even though I saw the model, even though I felt like I had it together, it's still that overwhelming sense of, I don't know what I'm doing. Like you said, there's no training manual for it. Yeah. We, we, we gleam from different things and we obviously have the Bible, but we have to be active participants in our learning. We have to seek out knowledge. We have to, you know, learn from our mistakes. We have to take partners along the way. And I love what you did as you said, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I want to learn through this journey and bring other guys alongside me. And that's an awesome source of discernment is seeking out others that have gone on before us that can, uh, you know, share wisdom along the way and to uh, encourage others. Because as we grow, then there's others that are just starting their journey that we can say, hey, I've been there. I was there five years ago, 10 years ago. <laughs> Here's some things I did that you might want to uh, avoid and that kind of stuff. And that's just an awesome source and uh, story of discernment. So how long have you been a Christian? What was influences growing up and uh, what was your relationship with your parents like? Things like that. So I'll start with your first question, which is when I became a Christian, you know, I, I <clears throat> gosh, you know, I was raised Catholic you know, and I went to a Catholic school, you know, all up, all up to high school. Mm-hmm. And what I can tell you is, you know, I, I thought I knew what it meant to be a Christian. You know, I was a box checker, checked the box. I went to church. I tithe, you know, I did my sacraments. I'm good. Right. I'm a good person. I do the right thing. Try to. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really wasn't until I think it was, you know, the very, I remember back in college, you know, I went to this, um, I went to this event. It was called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Mm. And it was a it was basically a play that was put on that acted out different people in their lives and how, you know, the enemy gets in your ear and how Jesus is there and that kind of thing. And it was very compelling. And I got saved. And I got saved for that moment. And then I just kind of shelved it, right? In college. And kind of went off and did my college things, party too much, dated too much, you know, messed around too much, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then I got older, you know, went through the sacrament of marriage, you know, again, still was a box checker. And I say I probably got ser- more serious with my faith uh, when I became a parent, but I still was like a box checker, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, go to church. You know, my kids got the first communion. Yeah. But there was always this ache in me, man. There's always like this pull in me of like, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I, f- I know I'm going through the motions. It's almost like, you know, you call your mom on Mother's Day. Okay, I did that. You know, yeah. send somebody a card on their birthday, right? Right. And it wasn't until a year ago, and I'm 45. It wasn't until a year ago that um, I, ha- I, have a, I have a tremendous mentor in my life. Uh, his name is Brian, Brian McRae. And he runs an, a local event here in St. Louis called St. Louis Mastermind. And I know he's a spiritual person. And he has been, you know, I spoke at one of his events and he watches my brand and that kind of thing. And I, what I started doing is because my view of it a, a, a year ago is I want to rattle men a little bit. You know, I want to get their attention. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was using language online that even when I was using language like that online, I didn't feel like it was an alignment of who I was, but I felt like, Hey, I have to do this to get the attention of these guys. Right. Right. And I'll never forget it. He, he, took me out for coffee and I knew something big was coming. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like it was when your parents sit you down and it's like, you know, you're in trouble. We so we, <laughs> we, we shot the breeze for like an hour and he's like, listen, man, you know, I brought you out here for a reason. I'm like, I figured, what do you got? What, what's going on, man? He's like, look, I've been watching your social media posts. You know, you're using language that I don't feel is in alignment with who you really are. And my question to you is, is language like that appropriate for you? Does it feel right? And there was an ego in me, right? I was like, Brian, I was like, come on, man. Sometimes you got to rattle the cages, you know? And he's like, yeah, but do you have to use language like that to rattle the cages? And I'm like, I knew where he was going. And my ego was there, man. I didn't want to let him in. And I basically ended the conversation with like, look, man, I'm going to do my thing. And I can't promise you that I won't use language like that. And we, he's like, okay, you know, he's like, well, listen, man, 
I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and he's like, but I encourage you to really look at your relationship with God. And I'm like, okay. And I got in my car and that was a Friday and I couldn't shake it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't shake it. And I sent him an audio text message going like, Brian, I've thought about this for 72 hours and it's on my heart. You're right. I'm wrong. That's not in alignment with who I am. Uh, I don't have a relationship with God uh, that I want. And but to be honest, I'm lost. I don't know what that even looks like. I'm overwhelmed by the Bible. I know what the Bible is. I don't know where to start. And there's a part of me that feels very, very unworthy to even pray. Mm. Like God knows all my dirty secrets. He knows all yeah. my vices. He knows what I'm thinking. You know, so he invited me for a mentorship program. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's called Operation Timothy. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's uh, so I'm a part of what's called CBMC, which is Christian Businessmen Association. You know, it's basically Christian biz- Christian entrepreneurs, and they have you know monthly meeting and that kind of thing. And they have a program called Operation Timothy, mm. where a Paul takes you as a Timothy through a year and a half mentorship. Oh, cool! And it's it's an every other week online mentoring Bible study, and we do a Zoom call every other Wednesday. And I got to tell you, I've been doing it now for a year. And when you ask that, this is a long way to get to your answer, but I want to share the journey because I think other men can resonate. Um, But my relationship with God is the strongest it's ever been. And I feel like I know him. I I now know what the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, I know in order to have a relationship with God, I have to go through Jesus Christ. And I never, man, that was, you know, all those years of Catholic education, it was so unclear. I didn't understand it. Yeah. And now I talk very openly about my faith. Uh, with my kids. My kids are hungry for it. That's one thing I've noticed. Like there was a part of me, it's like, oh, I don't really know all, all the answers to this. So maybe I'm not the one to talk about it, but my kids are hungry for it. And I think that really boils down to us being, we're called to be spiritual leaders of our family. And I never understood what that looked like. But I think for us to go through some sort of education process, like, like I've gone through has been truly helpful for how I then mentor them, you know, right. So does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And you saw a need and it was tough at first because you got feedback and you really had to self-reflect on what that meant, where your first response was to say, I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And to, how often do we get feedback from our spouse or from a pastor or from just a friend? And our first response is, you're wrong, I'm right. And, you know, whether or not they're wrong or right, we have to take time to reflect on it and say, where are they coming from? Why are they saying that? Because a lot of times people see the the pitfalls in us that we don't see. And so we need that extra feedback. And then, you know, it's wisdom, it's discernment to actually listen to that and say, what am I going to do about it? If this is a struggle, if this is something I'm struggling with, then what am I going to do about it? Where am I going to find the resources and the mentorship and the support I need to get out of this pitfall that I'm in? Whether it's a sin that we deal with, whether it's just, a, a you know, like you said, not being a leader of our home, whether it's we're not loving our spouse right. I mean, whatever it might be that we struggle with, we all struggle with something. And we have to look at the journey and understand that I want to be better than I am a year from now. I want to be better than I am six months from now or a month, you know, and if we just get into this habit of complacency and apathy, which men struggle with, women struggle with alike, we just go about the motions. We just go about the day-to-day and then days become weeks, weeks become months. And before you know it, we're 10 years down the road and we're like, what happened to this journey? What happened to this parental journey? You know, why are my, why are my kids like this? And, And we don't have a relationship. Why, 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 why? And so it's really important to understand the steps along the way and what our goals are. What is our goal for our family? What's our goal for our marriage? What's our goal for our kids? And then just like in business, when you have a goal, you have to have the steps to get there. You have to look at short-term and long-term goals and stretch goals and all these things that we do in business, we we sometimes neglect when it comes to our family. Amen to that. You know, and I think um I think if your heart is in the right spot, you know, if if it's centered around that surrender, right? Uh, having that relationship, it it does add a ton of clarity to other things that we're challenged with as men. Awesome. Well, we got deep real fast. So we're going to take a step back and get some icebreaker questions to get to know you a little bit. But the most important question I can ask is what's your favorite movie of all time? 300. Awesome. Not Without the sequel? I don't not not the sequel so yeah, much. Yeah, and, like and you know, the other thing too is I'm, I'm also happy to share my favorite um, faith-based movie as well go for it 
the shack. Have you seen that? No, I haven't, but <sighs> I need to check it out. That movie, that movie like truly blew, blew my mind. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, highly recommend that one. Awesome. All right. If you could meet anyone alive or dead besides Jesus, who's alive, who would it be? Alive or dead. Uh, I would love to meet Bruce Lee. Mm. What would you ask him? I think I would, yeah, I, I would really pick his brain about how he views life. Mm. You know, he, he lived by, he, he lived very differently, right? He had a different view of things and I loved his philosophy on, on life. Right. Um, you know, for instance, like his, one of his most popular thoughts and quotes and philosophy was be like water. Right. And what does that even mean? Be like water, you know, water, it doesn't matter what container you put it in. It adapts, right. It doesn't matter if it's hitting up against the rocks, it adapts. Right. So that's the way he lived life. That's the way he fought is, is be like water. And a lot of us, if you think of it, we go about life being the rock, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like these things are happening. It's like, oh, I'm just getting pelted or I'm getting this or, you know, stuff's coming down on top of me. It's coming beside me. Somebody's throwing me, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah. I feel the, I feel the bashing and the beating. Right. And, um, you know, being like water is, is, you know, Hey, obstacles are coming. No one's going to live a perfect life. These things are fluid. And how might we navigate in such a way to where it's not so disruptive in our lives? Right. Right. Awesome. What about a favorite author or a book you'd recommend? Uh, so uh, John Eldridge, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Wild at Heart. And I loved Fathered by God. If you've got a father wound, that is a fantastic book. And even if you don't, it's a fantastic book. Yeah. Uh, I love the book Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine. I love the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, I love, <laughs> even though this is a clean show and I'll keep it clean. I love the book... Um, Stop doing that SHIT by Gary John Bishop because you know the the title is there to grab your attention, right? Mm-hmm. And and Gary John Bishop as an author and a speaker actually shared the stage with stage with him a couple of years ago at a speaking event. And he is in your face. Like he will grab you by the shirt and shake you verbally and emotionally, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I think his message is so strong because the you know, the thing that I see all the time is is self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. In men in particular, this feeling of unworthiness, this feeling of we always get back into the same habits. And that book will give you a very clear cut vision of why you're sabotaging yourself and how to avoid it. So I love that book. Awesome. What do you do in your free time? I'm a big fitness guy. Um, You know, I I grew up a heavy kid and I, I love anything active. Like today, I mean, yeah, I woke up, I, I wake up at four thirty every morning. I'm in the gym by five. Um, you know, I got an hour workout. I'm going to go for a walk after we're done here. I'm going to go for a walk with my wife, and then after this afternoon, I'm going to be playing tennis with my twelve year old. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Cool. So I want to move on to the questions I ask all my guests is the time you had godly discernment in your life, a specific example of what, how you knew it was God and how you acted upon that discernment, and then a time you did not have godly discernment and what you learned from it. So whichever one of those you want to start off with. You know, I would say I, I would say at the time I didn't know that this was godly discernment, but uh, so I'll share the first time I was I was unaware, but I know God God had a hand in it. It was when I started Good Dad Project back in 2012. You know, at the time I was I was the typical dad. You know, short on patience, uh, short on temper, mediocre marriage at best. Wasn't communicating well with my wife. I sought I sought all my validation in the workplace. That's where I got all my promotions, my attaboys, my raises, my wonderful annual reviews, you know, my, my sales awards, all those things. Uh, I was really into martial arts at the time to get, get your attaboys from that. It's like your hobbies, anything outside the family that was bringing validation, you know, Hey, bring it on. That's what I liked. Yeah. And what I noticed was, is I had the best intentions as a father and husband. I really, I truly did. I really wanted to be the best I could. I just, I didn't know how to do it. And my ego certainly wasn't going to allow me to ask for help. Right. Right. And, you know, it was a dark night in 2012. 
my son is 12 now. He was four then. And what I can tell you is, is he stepped out of line as a typical four-year-old would, you know, no big deal. He's doing what he was supposed to do at four years old. Like, and I spanked him and he hit the ground and I went to pick him up and he shuddered with fear. Mm. And in that moment I saw, I didn't, I no longer saw my son. I saw me because, and I won't really get into my childhood for the sake of time, but I grew up with a, with an iron fist and some pretty serious words that were used to me all the time. You know, my, my mom had different father figures that were in and out of my life constantly. And none of them, all of them had alcohol related issues, drug related issues, verbally, mentally, physically abusive. And it was in that moment that I did what any adult would do, which is go to go in your office and hop on Facebook to distract yourself from what you just did. And I was emotional. <laughs> I had tears in my eyes and I saw this button in the left-hand corner. It said, create a page. And I just clicked on that button and I don't know. I now truly believe it was divine intervention because the words good dad project rolled right off my mind, right off my heart and onto that keyboard. Mm. And it was almost like I was on automatic pilot. Like there was something bigger than me doing that. And it was, that was looking, I didn't know it then, but I know it now that was a surrender. Mm. I don't have this figured out. I'm going to create this page. And my goal is I'm going to go out and learn something new every single day, what it means to be a husband and father and I'm just going to share it here. It's going to be like kind of a public accountability page and maybe it'll inspire people. Maybe it won't. I really, you know, at the time I really didn't care. And I noticed that that page got a lot of traction and, you know, I was starting to be asked to do crazy things like speak. I was like, speak Are you at churches, no less. <laughs> yeah. They want to speak at churches. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, well, that's why we want you to speak, you know, because you don't know what you're doing. Like we want you to, more or less be the voice of the imperfect, imperfect father. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I did. <laughs> so that was, that's when I didn't know it. Um, I would say uh, as far as, you know, divine intervention now and discernment, you know, I really thought I'm, I'm very busy. You know, we run a platform with 500 men who do life with us in our mastermind. It's very demanding. You know, my, my inbox, my, my phone never stops. You know, we're always creating, new things for men, you know, new challenges and new content and new skills. And I, I run three shows podcasts a week, you know, and I just got a book deal, you know, not too long ago. Nice. And, you know, there's tons of excuses of why I couldn't do something like operation Timothy that takes a lot of time. Yeah. But I felt that discernment, that pull of like, no, 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 you know, you're the health of your spirituality and the spirituality of your family and you're, you leading them is very important and you better do this. Yeah. And that's where I definitely, I just surrendered and I was just like, what, what do I do here? And the answer was very clear. Like, I know you're busy. Make time for this. Yeah. And I did. And it has been the best investment in time and being a student all over again that I could ask for. That's really good. And that that's something that, you know, if you work on, you can't neglect yourself, even if you're in ministry, even if you work, even if you're, you know, have a family, you have to focus on yourself and not in like a self-righteous, you know, uh, worldly way, but you have to build up what's inside in order to be able to give out to others. You know, I heard a story recently where there was two ax cutters in the woods and there was a young man and an older man and they were just chopping away at trees and the old man took breaks to sharpen his ax and the young man did not. And so the young man just kept chopping away for a few hours, but the old man took, you know, multiple breaks to sharpen his ax. And by the end of the, the day, the old man, you know, cut more trees than the young man who had a dull ax and was just hacking away, you know, without any progress on those trees. And it just stuck with me where we have to take time. We have to take a break. We have to recharge. We have to find that quiet time with God and go before him before we take on the day or, you know, at some point during the day in order to have that built up in us in order to give it out to others. Yeah. I th I've, I've heard that before. You know, uh, if you're, if you're going to chop something down, you know, make sure you're your ax is sharpened. You know, if mm -hmm. you've got three hours to chop something down, spend at least one hour sharpening it first. Yeah. Right? yeah. So what about a time you did not have godly discernment? Um, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say there, there have been several times in my life where I've made decisions 
that weren't godly discernment. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe I drank too much alcohol. You know, maybe I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Maybe I, you know, went on websites that I shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could name thousands of things I've done sure, wrong, sure. you know, but I would say whenever I feel it's kind of like, it's exactly the way I described it when I would make posts using language that I knew wasn't aligned. There was the part of me, it's like, something doesn't feel right about this. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but, and sometimes it's very obvious what it is. It's like, I know this is wrong. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But when I get that feeling and sometimes it's not only a mental and spiritual feeling, but a physical feeling of like, this isn't right. I know it's wrong. And I now am way more aware of that feeling, right? I mean, anytime I want to drop the F-bomb, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> right. And I feel that sort of insert of, you know, that discernment, that 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 godly influence in my life of like, you can still get the same point across yeah. without, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good because... I mean, there's so many little decisions we make that if we aren't in alignment with the Holy Spirit or have that relationship with God, we just kind of look past. And even if you don't have a relationship with God, you know things are right or wrong, even if you can't explain why. And a lot of times we just look past that conviction that we feel, which a lot of times the Holy Spirit moving us to closer to Him and into a relationship with God. And so, you know, don't, I, I guess for discernment, the, the main thing is don't ignore those feelings. If you know it's wrong, right? We, we justify it. We say, well, I need this, or I deserve this, or other people are doing it. And all these ways that we make it sound better than it really is. And so part of, I think, discernment is just being real with yourself and your motivations and knowing that the Holy Spirit will guide us and disciple us, but we have to let him do it. You know, it's like if you show up for class and you just ignore the teacher and you just don't take any notes or just bomb the test, you know, you can't blame the teacher, you know? And so the same thing with God, you know, he, he gives us the tools, the Holy spirit, the Bible, godly relationships that we have to use. And if we don't use them, then we can't blame anybody but ourselves when we face a, a situation that we, we reap what we sow. And then oftentimes we blame God for it later on. And we're like, God, where were you? And God's like, well, I've been here. Where, where were you? Why didn't you ask for help? Why didn't you use the, the things I put in your life to get you on that right path? So I want to move on and talk about your book, The Dad's Edge. And there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh, bullet points in there I want to talk about. The first is unlimited patience. This sounds amazing. And so I want you to talk about how, as parents, we can have unlimited patience. What are your tools for that? Yeah. So I wrote this book back in 2015. You know, this book is almost six years old. And what I can tell you is this was like the bare bones book, the, the, the basics, right? Um, at that point in time, I'd been in the dad space and been podcasting for about nine months, but been in the dad space since 2012, had done some speaking events, had done my homework. And basically that was like a bare bones, simple as you can possibly get to, to tweak things at a micro level, right? Mm-hmm. So ways that you can have more patience in your life, um, ways that you can connect more with your wife, um, all these things, right? What I can tell you is that we've definitely taken that a step further, like a, a, a giant leap step further. Uh, we now have a course. in pay- I, So I can answer your question very clearly now. In that book, I think it was, to be honest, a bit fuzzy. Uh, cause I really didn't understand it then, but after 600 podcasts recorded talking to experts and mindset and parenting and masterminding now for thousands of hours, we've definitely narrowed the field to what patience is, is all about. So, um, patience is, first of all, let's, let's clarify what patience is. Patience is your ability to be resilient and to tolerate obstacles internally and externally as they come your way and be able to respond versus react. Mm. You know, it's kind of like Yoda, no matter what was coming at him, (laughs) he was calm. Right. And you'd always be like, and and you see Luke who he was mentoring, who get, you know, get upset at the drop of a hat, loses patience. Right. And what I can tell you is that most men have the view of patience wrong. We think patience should come naturally. I'm a father. I should be patient. (laughs) Also, side note, anytime you're using the word should, 
you know, you're shooting on yourselves. You're taking a big steaming <laughs> pile of should on yourselves. Don't should on yourself. Right. There's actually a whole module in the, in our patients course on that. Um, so patience doesn't come naturally. It's actually the opposite. Uh, we, we weren't necessarily wired to have patience. It's yeah, built, yeah. it's, it's a skill. Um, so that's one thing. And here's the other thing too. And I'm speaking to all your men is some of our biggest regrets in life are the times where we have lost our patience and we've reacted into a moment versus respond. Um, and that's unfortunate. The bad news is, is you can't change the past. The good news is, is you can evolve and, ch and change how you're going to respond in the future. Yeah. But you have to, number one, surrender to the fact that patience is not a natural thing without training. Yeah. So, you know, in, in our patience course, we explained to you, here's what patience is. Here's why it's a skill. Yeah. Here's how you hone that skill. And here's how it shows up in your life. So just like foreplay with your wife, patience starts from the moment your feet hit the ground out of your bed. Now, a lot of people think patience shows up when something's challenging you, like in that moment. Like I have to have patience in the moment. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Patience actually starts in the morning. Uh, and what I can tell you is in our course, in our creating more patience in 37 minutes, that's what the course is called. In our course, we give you a laundry list of things not to do in the first 90 minutes you're awake. Mm. What I can guarantee is that most men are probably doing 80% of those things. Mm. So I'll give you one example of several. If the first thing you do is you wake up because your phone is your alarm clock and you immediately start scrolling through your texts, your emails, and your social media, you're setting your day up for complete and total disaster. Yeah, yeah. You just are. It's, it's unfortunate, but you are. Why is that? From a physiological standpoint, there's part of the brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is your fight or flight. You, we, have, we have two different sides of our, of, our, of our nervous system. You have your parasympathetic and your sympathetic. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, okay? The trick of patience is honing the rest and digest and calming the amygdala. And what we don't understand and what we do as a society is when we check that phone, you know, you check your Gmail, you check your work email, you check your text, you check social media, you're agitating that amygdala, you're agitating that fight or flight. And it, it could be as something as minor as you see um, an old college buddy that you really didn't like so much, or maybe you did, and he posts a photo of like how happy his family is. And you're immediately like, oh, why can't I be that happy? Right. Like immediately, you've been up for three minutes and that's your first thought. Yeah. Or it could be like, hey, you know, your expense report's late. You need to get that done. You're like, oh my God, I got to do that expense report. Or, you know, oh, hey, we have quarterly business review, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You're on somebody else's agenda. You're on somebody else's highlight reel, which agitates that. Uh, so don't do that. That's one of several. Don't do that. You do that by the time you're back home with your family and it's 6 p.m. and your kids are acting out around the dinner table. You've, you've, you now have logged 20, 12 hours. And from the very beginning of the day, you've agitated that part of your mind. Mm. So don't do that. So we give you, we map out all these things of what not to do. And then we give you a good template of what to do, what a good solid morning routine looks like. And I get it. Okay. Everyone has beaten the morning routine to death. But what I can tell you is that if you want more patience in your life, you need to have a solid morning routine and it doesn't have to last 90 minutes. It can last five minutes, but we give you an example of what that is. Uh, the other thing too, is being able to recognize your triggers, mm. your, your body and your mind Mentally, physically, emotionally, your body will start giving you hints. Hey, you're getting angry. Yeah. It's almost like a tap on the back. You're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> Sometimes so, that's our wife tapping us. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. The trick is you're you're not let me let me start here. If you feel those triggers start to happening, what happens is most men judge themselves. Oh, I'm getting angry. I shouldn't get angry. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? That triggers that even more. Like, oh, you shouldn't be angry. You know, emotions are neither bad nor good. They just are. That's actually a quote from Gary John Bishop. Quote, emotions are neither bad nor are they just are. You're going to get angry. Yeah. You're going to get agitated. The question becomes, do you have the skill to interrupt that pattern? Do you have the skill to interrupt, you know, the, the emotions that you're feeling and not to judge them? Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, when my kids start to go haywire, I have four of them. There are certain things that I do. I'm like, my hands are starting to sweat. 
I'm sh- I have shallow breathing. I have incomplete thoughts. I feel like I just want to rage on this kid right now. Like those are my, I know it's coming. Yeah. And what I do is that we give you several different ways, several different examples of how you can interrupt. Okay. And again, you're not judging yourself because you're about ready to have a rage. You need to interrupt it. Yeah. So like, Sounds kind of simple, but one of the things that, that I like to do, and we give several examples in that course, is um, count backwards from 50 to zero in increments of three. Don't go from 10 to zero because it's too easy. <laughs> you can do that on an automatic pilot. It takes a lot of thought and some math to go from 50 to zero in increments of three. Yeah. And a lot of times you only get into the 30s and you're calm. You're in response mode, not react mode. You've distracted your mind away from whatever it is that's agitating you to a point where you can now respond. The other thing I do too, is I'll look around the room and I'll name 10 things quietly to myself and I can't repeat any of them. So I'll be like frame, Spartan helmet, printer, microphone. And I'll just do that quietly. And as my kids are acting a fool for that moment, I haven't, I haven't given attention to that. Right. So the other thing too, is we give you a template of what words to use to respond so like, for instance, when our kids are acting out or something's going on, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? <laughs> right? Instead, looks like you're pretty upset right now. Feels like you're angry right now. Yeah. Looks, looks like you're sad right now. What's going on? And you can even hear the different tone. In my vo- we, go, we go through the course. We talk about voice tone. If you can actually externally control your voice, that impacts the person you're speaking to guess who else it impacts us. Yeah. If we can speak calmly externally, that's calming us as well. Okay. Um, the final thing that I'll say about patience is you're human. You're going to screw up. This is never going to be perfect ever. Um, but there's an entire recipe of how to build patience throughout the day. We call it building emotional capacity, building resilience, but you're going to screw up. The last module in that patience course is what we call the after action review. Because when you blow up, you're going to blow up. It's going to happen. The point is, is how can I get 1% better every single time? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have triggers. And if you can identify what it is that you missed, then it's a learning moment. It's not a failure. It's a learning moment. So like, for instance, if you blew up at your kids and then you go through the after action review and you're like, oh, I didn't do my morning routine today and I checked my phone in the first seven minutes I was awake. <laughs> Not only that, but when my kid was acting a fool, I just went at him. I didn't take that productive pause and, and interrupt that. Right. So it'll help you identify where did I go wrong? And the likelihood of it happening again is, is less. Yeah. So that's what I can tell you about patience. It's a practice. It's a skill. You've got to be open to learning the skill. Um, that resource can be found actually on our website. It's gooddadproject.com forward slash patience. But love that. hopefully that answers, answers Sounds like course. you really fleshed that out. That was an awesome uh, example. Sounds like a great course to take for anyone because we all struggle with it on different levels. And patience is also a fruit of the spirit. And so the closer we are to God and the Holy Spirit, the more that we will exude those things you're talking about, the more that we will practice them, the more that the spirit will flow through us. And I love how you said not having triggers throughout the day, because I've done that too, or, you know, eight o'clock at night, you're like, why am I angry right now? And it's like, you've built that up over the course of the day by these things that you've allowed into your spirit and into your life that have just frustrated you. You know, the same thing I go on social media and I wonder why I'm why I'm feeling angry all of a sudden. I think back to five posts earlier and it's like, oh yeah, that post is why I'm feeling angry. And the same thing, if that's the first thing we do in the morning is we wake up and we look at our social media, which I do and I need to stop doing is that we wonder why we're all of a sudden feeling these feelings. And the other thing I'll say too, is that I've noticed is that, you know, if we can't control these emotions, we can't expect our kids to, right? They're, they're still young and growing. And so not only do they look at us and show the example that we're giving, but I've seen this too, where I, I get angry and my son, especially he'll get angry and we just kind of escalate. And then I get louder, he gets louder. And then before you know, we have, you know, an unproductive screaming match where if I take a step back and I, like you said, speak in those calm voices, like, why are you upset right now? What went wrong? If you project that calmness, it will often follow it up with our kids being calm as well. And that's a great reminder for everybody because it's discernment to know when, like you said, it's not that we're not going to feel angry 
or it's not that we're going to not feel impatient, but what do you do when you feel that? What strategies can we employ to, to take a step back before we, you know, you hear your kids screaming downstairs, you storm out of the room and run downstairs. Well, maybe you need to take a few minutes, let them scream for another minute or two, breathe, think of a strategy, get your wife on board. Let's, let's go handle this together in a calm manner and then go address the kids. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways where we just got the first response is usually never the good response. Awesome. Agree with that. So I want to move on real quick to uh, improving connection and intimacy with your spouse, whether you're a husband or wife. What are some strategies you've seen for this during the busyness? You say we can still stay connected to our spouse, even when you're busy. Hmm. So again, you know, these things are skills. They're, they're not, you know, a lot of us are under the impression and I'll, I'll use myself as an example, be like, man, if me and Jessica aren't connected, maybe we're not meant for each other. Mm-hmm. Or if we don't know how to naturally connect with each other, then maybe we're not meant to be. It's all these really terrible things that we tell ourselves. Again, I mean, I, I have a four-year degree in, in health management, exercise science, and nutrition. You know, so I can tell you anything about how to eat. I can tell you anything about the body. I can tell you anything about anatomy and physiology, metabolic equations, all these things, right? <laughs> But when it came to being a married man, I couldn't tell you how to communicate with my wife. I never took a class on that. I don't have a four-year degree on that. I don't have the, I don't have a certification on how to do that. But yet again, it's one of those things where, oh, this should come naturally. We're meant to be. No, 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 no. That type of expectation will set you up for failure. And I seriously think that's one of the reasons why we have a 50% divorce rate is because we do have these expectations of ourselves that these skills should come naturally and they don't. So there's, there's a few things that, you know, I, I love the book by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference. Okay. That's, that's a great book on not only negotiation, but communication. It's actually more in communication than it is in negotiation, to be honest with you. I joked with Chris when he came on the podcast, I was like, dude, this should be like a master's degree in communication. He's like, yeah, but nobody would buy it. But then you've got Gary Chapman, right? The five love languages and <clears throat> Gary Chapman, he's, he's been on our podcast. He's a very spiritual man. Um, you know, and, and he has spent countless hours in front of couples. So, and women are, women and men are wired different when it comes to communication. Okay. Women need the three needs of women is to be seen, heard, connected, or cherished, right? Mm -hmm. Men need appreciation, respect, validation. We're two, you, you have to recognize there are different needs for these two different creatures, right? So when it comes to communicating with my wife, I'll give you a couple of examples. When my my wife used to come to me and talk to me about things that were on her mind and heart, what would I do? What do you think I would do? Uh, Tell her how to fix it. (laughs) Exactly. Tell her how to fix it. That's the number one rule. Don't ever do that unless she asks for it. And sometimes you can just simply ask, do you want me to hear you or do you want want to talk about solutions? Because I'm good either way. Whatever makes you feel most supported, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a skill set that we teach called tactical empathy. Tactical empathy is a way to not fix the problem, allow someone to be heard, allow her to be heard, and allow her to feel supported, to be seen. We also, you know, Chris also talks about in his book, which we use a lot, called labels. Labels are labeling the emotion that you think the person is going through. Mm-hmm. When you're labeling someone's emotion, the person that is receiving the label feels very seen, very connected. So for instance, if my wife comes to me and she's like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't get so-and-so out of bed this morning. You know, the kids were acting a fool. I tried to get them to school today. They spilled chocolate milk in my, in my, in my car. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed out. Ooh, man, feel, it feels like that's really overwhelming. Yeah. De- I definitely feel you on that one. That's a really tough way to start the day. How can I best support you right now? What feels right? That's a very different response than like, all right, well, listen, here's what we need to do. We need to get the kids up earlier. Um, no more chocolate milk in the car. Okay. No more chocolate milk in the car. I'll take your car to get it washed. Um, anything else we need to talk about? Like, that's not what your wife wants. That's what we want. Like, dude, like Tim, if I came to you and I, I was venting about something, I'm coming to you because I want you to tell me what to do. Not because yeah, I want right. to be seen or heard. Let's fix right? this and get it done. Let's fix it and move on. Uh, so tactical empathy labels, uh, there's another thing too. There's another skill. Never ask your wife why. Mm. Replace that with tell me more. Mm. Like Sounds frustrating. Tell me more. 
So like, for instance, if I, if I say to her, that sounds really frustrating. Why are you so upset? <laughs> you know, that's, that's condescending. That yeah, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't land well. I'm with, not upset. With, right. That doesn't land well with anybody, you know, yeah, like, so yeah. for instance, if, you know, if you're at work and your boss comes to you and is like, Hey Tim, why'd you send that email? Versus like, Hey, I saw your email. Tell me about that. It's the same thing, but it lands differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When someone says, I saw your email, tell me about that. You feel connected. You feel seen, right? Same thing. Um, the other thing too is um, come to every conversation with curiosity and appreciation. That's hard. Mm. You come to every conversation, good or bad, with curiosity and appreciation. What does that mean? Most of us as human beings, we come to every single conversation, every single encounter with expectation and agenda. If I'm coming to talk to you, it's because I want A plus B equals C. You know, X plus Y equals Z. Like, this is why I'm talking to you and this is what I want to happen. Even yeah. when we're arguing, like, I want you to see it my way. And if we come to a conversation with curiosity and appreciation, what does that look like? If your wife is like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. You know, I noticed last night you were like in a really bad mood with the kids. And that really kind of impacted us. Now, expectation and agenda and defensiveness would be like, what are you talking about? I wasn't, I wasn't upset. I wasn't impatient. Why are you, why are you calling me out? <laughs> right. I mean, what is that going to do? But if you're like, but if you say, that's interesting, you know, tell me what you saw. Tell me what I didn't see. And then you're allowed, that's curiosity and appreciation because if your wife is sharing something with you, she might have something to say about it that you might want to hear, right? So curiosity and appreciation is key. Um, The last and final thing that I'll say about this is um, my wife and I have known each other for 24 years. I'll share, I know this is a clean show, but I'll share something funny, okay? Um, I date my wife. I didn't always date my wife, but I date her now and I have for now for years. And what does dating your wife look like? I take my wife out at least every other week on a date. You need that time where you're not mom and dad. I don't care how guilty you feel, even those kids with a babysitter, you need time to date your wife. You need time to not be a mom and dad. That will disrupt your relationship if all you are is mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So when I take my wife out on a date, I research questions, questions I haven't asked her. Maybe I haven't asked her in years or I've never asked her. I'll give you an example of this. If I take my wife out to dinner, I'm not going to be like, so how was your day? How was your week? What do you want to do for dinner tomorrow? What do we got planned for tomorrow? When's the next football practice? Nope. I'll ask questions like, hey, if you and I were sitting out on our porch 20 years from today and we were celebrating the beautiful life that we created, what things happen that haven't happened yet? Mm, That's good. Man, when you ask your wife a question like that, she's going to look at you like, wow, that's a great question. Yeah. And then she's going to feel connected and then she's going to share what that success looks like, right? So the quality of your relationship depends on the quality of the questions you're asking your wife and yourself. That's where true connection really resides in, in all of those elements right there. And again, it's a skill. It doesn't come naturally. What comes naturally is how was your day? What's for dinner? That's yeah. our default. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got to get out of that. Yeah. Which causes stress when you end, ask a question that creates a, a task, you know, like, what about this? What about that? And then you, you stress out your spouse by asking these questions instead of connecting first. And it's not yep. that those questions are bad, but especially when you have time for a date night or a time together, you have to connect. And I love what you said, you know, step away from being parents. And we get in that mode where we're just parents, you know, and unfortunately, husband and wives that are parents for 18 years. And then when the kids are out of the house, they, they are looking at a stranger. And that's what we want to avoid is we want to avoid that lack of connection. And I get it. You go through the motions. There's a grind when it comes to parenting. You, you look at the next stages is like, okay, this stage will be over. I got to move on to the next stage. And, but at the same time, we have to stop and enjoy the process. We have to enjoy the process and not just look at the same goes in our job. You know, we look at, well, when I, when I retire, I can do this. Well, what about now? How are you going to enjoy life now while you have that job? How are you going to enjoy your family now while your kids are in the house and not just think, well, when my my kids are out of the house, then we'll be able to connect. No, 
you may not have, have your spouse if that's your, if that's your mindset. And that sounds extreme, but that happens to so many couples where we don't want to live with a stranger in the house. We want to have that connection. And that does require a concerted effort to have those date nights, to have what we call couch time, where you just have, even if it's five, 10 minutes, a way to unwind and process, talk about things. And maybe there's nothing to say. You just let the other person talk. But those are such great tools and such important ways to improve our connection. And also with connection comes intimacy because we know, like you said, foreplay starts in the morning, you wake up. It's, it's, it's something that is a whole day process. You know, if you want to feel connected, it doesn't just start at you know 1030 when you're in the bed, it's a, a whole day. And so great, great tools there. Great wisdom. And uh, we're at the end of our time, Larry, but I definitely want to thank you for coming on. Uh, a lot of great tools that you have. If you want to let the audience know where they can connect with you and and find some of those tools. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everything, you know, we, everything we do lives at gooddadproject.com. In the nav bar, you'll see all kinds of different resources. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when this particular show releases, but we now have a 30 day, 30 days to an extraordinary marriage. That's, that's free. Uh, It's, it's, it's a series of emails to give you, tactical skills like I talked about today mm-hmm. that literally you can read the email and then immediately go connect with your wife using the strategies I talked about in that email. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, we also have our patience course. Uh, you can find that at gooddeadproject.com forward slash patience. Uh, if you're looking for community and you're looking for you know the difference between consuming content and action is accountability. Right. I mean, when we read a book or we listen to a podcast like this, we're exposed to an idea. So, like for instance, like tactical empathy, right? It's like, okay, I want to go do tactical empathy. Yeah. You're exposed to the idea, but you don't know exactly how to go execute it or be held accountable to it. So for that, we have Data Edge Alliance Mastermind Community. And that's where we're our tribe of, you know, over five hundred men that do life with us. You know, we're creating extraordinary marriages, we're connection with our kids, epic patience, being a leader in our business, optimizing our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Um you can find that at gooddadproject.com forward slash alliance. But again, everything is gooddadproject.com and the nav bar. You'll see all that stuff. Awesome. I'll put those in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on, Larry. God bless you and your ministry. Back at you, my friend. Great work you're doing. Well, that is going to do it for today. Thank you so much for being here. If you're looking to partner with what I'm doing, you can definitely be a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. It would help me immensely cover the costs of the show. And if you send me your questions to discerningdadatoutlook.com, like I said at the beginning, I'm looking to help you answer questions and also even share them on this podcast at the end. And next week, I have Gary Thomas on the podcast. He is an author and a speaker. He's written over 20 books, including Sacred Marriage and Sacred Parenting. He has a lot of wisdom. I'm excited to have him on, and I know you will be blessed by it as well. So please join me next week. And until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.